Play on Words, a literary art series that pairs emerging and established writers with professional actors for live performances in San Jose, California. The series was founded by Melinda Marks, Julia Halpern Jackson, and Nicole Hughes in 2013, and since then has showcased original fiction, nonfiction, theater, and poetry by more than 30 writers. In this season, season one of the Play on Words podcast, we're going to feature artists, writers, and performers from previous shows and interview them about their process. Hello, everybody. We're here again with the Play on Words Power Half Hour podcast. Uh, today's special guest is Gary Singh. Gary Singh, hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing this fine day in July? Uh, I'm doing very good so far. Just trying to get through the day, stay creative, all that kind of stuff. Stay cool too. It's been a it's been a hot one this summer. I gotta gotta admit, it's uh, not been cool. But we have some cool things to talk about today. The first of which is kind of a special circumstance uh for play on words our most uh recent iteration i had the pleasure of reading for the second time one of gary's poems i ride the bus in the searing heat but what you're about to hear is the first time that i read one of his poems not i ride the bus in the searing heat but the poem sir's parchment by gary singh let's have a listen This is a poem. The title of it, Sir's Parchment. It's by Gary Singh. You, Earl of Parchment the First, color of faded canary, articulated with regal strokes of brush, flattened between stylized glass, radiating holiness from your floating frame. Anointed with scholarly oil, your fragrance exudes the hauteur of experience. As you anticipate a path with blinders on towards afterlife. And you, also the next one, Earl of Parchment II. Your archival matting slightly less faded, your frame all the more bejeweled, your calligraphy blacker than the ace of spades. You strike a masterly tone, double embossed you remain, adding another abbreviation to the hauteur, oiling those career laneways, enabling balls to carom towards the pins of retirement. <laughs> yes, to both of you, sirs, I say we are thankful for your predictions, but our knowledge will not survive us in frames. We shall learn from the gardens and the subways, from butlers and sewer rats, the native and the exotic. We shall emerge in test labs, bakeries, editing suites, concert halls, and machine shops. We shall absorb knowledge like a sponge. We do not tether ourselves to one speciality. We are not beat writers. We are not attached. We dissolve the attachment. Sirs of parchment. Your sons will not rest between polished glass and tiny angular plaques. 
we shall not reduce ourselves to abbreviations, but replenish ourselves in laboratories and on easels, in business boardrooms and symphonic halls with the weeds and the lotuses, in the muddiest of mires and the bluest bodies of water. So that was Sir's Parchment by Gary Singh, read by me at Cafe Stritch. And fantastic job, might I add. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. And really, kind of to start off this uh, this podcast here, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about sort of that, that tone you have in your head when you write the poem versus when it's, you know, read aloud. Is it is it different? Is it the same? Kind of what, what goes through your mind when you're hearing it, by, you know, performed by somebody else? Well, every poem is a little bit different, but um, some of them, I'm my poems I'm talking about, some of them work a lot better when you read them on the page, and some of them are a lot more effective when they're read out loud. Okay, on that one, um, I had I had not performed it myself or seen or heard anybody really do it out loud, you know. So that was um, it was just quite interesting to hear. And uh, when you have somebody else perform one or read one of your poems, it's always just kind of a uh, uplifting experience because you know the person brings inflections and emotions and all these different dynamics into the poem that you may not have even thought were there so that's um so it was just a fantastic experience on, on my part and a fantastic experience to read it as well um those pieces of parchment i'm gonna guess were degrees you've received um or yeah. something of that nature right some type of uh some type of award or certificate most recently you were um, a steinbeck fellow at san jose state how was that experience for you being recognized by the university you know for for doing what you do you know? well it was a tremendous honor i mean i think anyone who's received that fellowship they give two of these every year and i think now they give four or even six i believe they have more uh, more of a budget now but um you know it was a tremendous honor you know and um everyone's in a different situation you know so um you know in my case um, i had some projects to work on and strive toward completion and it's just um it's not a big enough fellowship you can live off of there's no place anywhere that really gives you that kind of money without having to teach and stuff, you know, so it's just uh, some extra resources that you can use while you're working on your projects, you know, and in my case, um, it worked out perfectly. And San Jose State, you are, you're walking distance. I mean, you're, you're super close. Yeah. You've been there living near the university for, for a while now. And my, my question to you is, it can kind of leads us into this next, uh, this next poem you have here. What is what has remained the same? What's changed in your perspective, having you know been so close to that campus, been so close to the downtown? You know what's what's going on in San Jose these days that you know kind of is worth mentioning or not? Well, in regards to what, like you mean, like buildings or music or art or you know, so we crackheads or like, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean you know. We uh, it, with the previous guests have talked about this sort of sense of community that San Jose has really kind of. Uh, established or had or possessed, you know, for, for a while now when it comes to the arts community specifically, you know, kind of live performance and then also, you know, this, um, you know, this writing that's that's being done as well. I grew up in San Jose, kind of in the south uh, part in the Almaden area. And um, for me, you know, coming downtown wasn't a regular thing. But 
um, I always knew that, you know, downtown had its own, you know, unique identity. What is that identity kind of today? What do you, what would you, what would you say? Well, there's never been, I mean, I, well, the first, I guess the first thing that has to be understood is that downtown is only about 5% of the entire city at the most, okay, you know, so when it comes to arts and music and language and identity, there's at least 5,000 other different parts of San Jose that are, you know, that have their own, you know, uh, uniqueness, you know, um, to other people, it may seem like a vast, you know, suburban wasteland, which to some degree that is true. But, you know, I mean, when it comes to the art, you mentioned language, you know, there's just as many poets on the east side doing some radical shit than there, if not more than there have ever been, you know, downtown, okay, you know, so... And the East Side, in regards to everything, you know, never gets acknowledged. It's always ignored. It's always almost intentionally disrespected by the politicians, you know. So um, um, downtown has its own dynamic, you know. It's the only place that's it's – it's the only part of the city that's even remotely urban, you know, So um, or it's trying to be, you know. So all the things that come along with an urban place or a fledgling urban place are there, you know. There's um, – you know, it goes up and down, but it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to answer when you just say, well, what's downtown, you know, so you have to be a little more specific, but I mean, in regards to the arts, you know, it's definitely a zillion times better than it was 20 years ago, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, there were some great rock clubs, you know, and a couple of galleries, but there was no substantial, you know, visual arts scene or uh, in regards to community, you know, um, Brian and Cherry helped change a lot of that when they started First Fridays, you know, they kind of brought a lot of different disparate elements together and helped people be actually proud of, you know, being, being here as opposed to wanting to just leave. Okay. You know, so the art scene is hell of a lot better than it was 20 years ago. And, and, um, I think uh, going back to the East side, I think the East side is just as important as downtown is, you know, cause there's a lot going on out there that all of us downtowners don't ever really talk about enough, you know? Why do you think there is that sort of, uh, sense of maybe otherness with the East side or the sense of sort of this, this sort of, I don't know, barrier between the downtown and, you know, East side, once you, Past well, coyote. there's no, well, San Jose is just a hugely spread out place. You know, right. nobody in Berryessa cares what goes on in Almaden. Nobody in Evergreen cares what goes on at, uh, you know, Winchester and, you know, Stevens Creek. Okay. Nobody on the Cupertino border even knows where Monterey Highway is. Okay. You know, so there, it's a hugely spread out place and it's, I mean, a lot of us who are from here have always said things like it's just, you know, 100 suburbs duct taped together, you know, and then all of which is duct taped to a fledgling urban downtown, which is that that isn't necessarily a disparaging thing. But when I when I say that, but, you know, it's it's just a spread out place. So there's many different, you know, locales where there's different things percolating. So, you know. Does that answer the question? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right, and you see that sort of separation, you know, geographically in this in this city of a million people. I mean, you say, you know, San Jose, oh, there's a million people here, right? But you go downtown, and and you'll see sidewalks, you know, empty, you know, and it's and it's kind of surprising for people that that maybe come to visit, thinking, oh, it's going to be this major, you know, yeah. downtown scene, and you know, we see that with the First Fridays and kind of south of First, kind of becoming its own place destination whatever you want to call it but um you know there is that suburbia that pervades everything in san jose you know you the the freeway system 
Well, ninety-five percent of it is suburbia. Right. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. so there's no reason to think that it's all going to transform into like, you know, Manhattan or anything. Okay, it's. I mean, the the reason why people live in ninety-five percent of it is because they want to live in the suburbs and raise a family, or they can't afford to get out of this or whatever. You know, there's plenty of reasons why people live in the suburbs, and so that's why they. You know, that's, you know, it, 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 that's how San Jose evolved, you know, um, and it's, you know, it, I don't think it was ever really supposed to be a city, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it grew into a million people and there's just what's better now than 20 years ago. And you can, I'm not the only one saying this, you can ask anybody is that, you know, a lot more people that are like 22 to 32 are now deciding to, I, I mean, people that have grown up here and that are now 22 to 32 or so are now deciding to stay here and feel proud of being from here as opposed to just wanting to leave. Okay, 20 years ago, if you were an artist or a, mu- a musician here, you're, you're, you equated success with just getting the hell out of San Jose as soon as possible. Now that's changed a lot for the better. So um, that's the main difference from... 20 years ago and and many I'm not again I'm not the only one saying this this is not a profound insight everybody's been noticing this over the last 10 year 10 years or so there's a lot of people that are starting businesses whether it's coffee or craft beer or restaurants or jazz or rock and there's there's a lot more people that are just trying to pool their resources and make it a better place rather than just giving up and leaving you know which is what which was kind of the attitude 20 years ago and there's a million people that are responsible for all getting together and making that happen and a lot more different types of scenes are talking to each other these days as opposed to before you know so i mean it's always been my opinion that the arts will be what saves this place if anything saves it it won't be you know google or the tech bros or all these other clowns that are moving into the neighborhood it'll be the artists and the writers and the musicians and the muralists and the you know that kind of stuff yeah and i think you know for the speaking for those 20 somethings those 30 somethings that i've you know fall into that that category for me you know coming back to san jose becoming an educator kind of grinding away at that for a while, saving my money, being able to then, you know, kind of make a living, start a family here. Um, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. And I think that there are, you know, some of my friends, some of my colleagues that are, are trying to trying to figure that out. It's just with all of that tech bro money, it's hard to hard to kind of set your feet in the in this area, being that, you know, the median home price is five bazillion dollars. But let's now shift to the suburbs and hear a poem titled i ride the bus to the suburbs in the searing heat and this is directly related to what we were just talking about and it was a pleasure to read and it, it was super fun and let's talk more about it after we give it a listen here on the play on words power half hour this is called i ride a bus to the suburbs in the searing heat by gary singh Scorching. Sun cracks the concrete. Traffic pollution fogs the senses. I slouch at the back of a graffiti-stained bus from downtown to the suburbs. Next to me, yelling over his flip phone, a drunk berates his girlfriend. Marijuana. Body odor and fast food wrappers invade my nostrils. A 60s Mustang honks at the scantily clad bicyclist outside on the street. 
searing heat cuts through the window and amplifies my melancholy. I make attempts to capture the alienation on my smartphone. <laughs> In the suburbs, ponds are tidier. And the bus routes begin to thin. And I arrive at the astral projection class in the community center. <laughs> the teacher, an intruder from the east, she fuses creativity and mystery. I grab a seat in the front row. My melancholy evaporates. If my physical body can't escape this wasteland, maybe my astral body can. <laughs> We're back. So that was I Ride the Bus to the Suburbs in the Searing Heat. We're here today with uh, Gary Singh in our garage recording studio. Just recently added some pianos, a little Steinway, and then another upright. Hopefully, hopefully you'll hear those soon as well. But Gary Singh, we're back. I grew up in those suburbs. I think you're referring to maybe the Almaden Community Center in that one, or is it a different... G, g, different suburb do you know or was that well was it, it does kinda... it doesn't matter <laughs> no, I it mean, does not i mean i did i mean some of that is true some of it is not true i mean it, any poet will tell you that i mean but i think it had it that poem it has to do with um what we were just talking about how there's a certain i i, I in my view i think there's a certain part of the san jose condition is that there's always a part of you that wants to leave and a part of you that wants to stay and build this whole arts crowd into a really awesome radical you know recognized place but the other half of you is unsure if that could possibly happen so you'd rather you're always thinking about whether you should have left or should you stay or that that whole kind of thing and then the poem is written almost like in this classical of chinese tang dynasty style where it's just these image couplets you know and then that are somehow abstractly connected in this case there's actually a narrative that abstractly flows through it all but you know um that's sort of where i was coming from and a lot of what i write in the newspaper has the same type of viewpoint there's like a half native half exotic lens or a half eastern half western lens or a half urban half suburban lens and all that is sort of like flowing through that whole poem and that that duality of living in San Jose, but wanting to to kind of escape it, I feel is you know is something that is very clearly kind of expressed by you in in the the writing, the poetry that you that you do, and also too in the in the column as the um, in the in the metro. Um, why do you think San Jose is that place is kind of repulsive, but also kind of draws you in? Is What's well, I'm not. Here? I'm not claiming that I speak for everybody. I mean, right. God, I hope I wouldn't be speaking for everybody. <laughs> but you know, but I mean, I think in my case, definitely. And I've, I just all the people I've spoken to over my whole life living here is that they they can relate to that type of you know con inner conflict. Whether we all, I mean, I wouldn't go as far to say we all have a love hate relationship with it. I mean, if I truly hated San Jose, I would I would leave. Okay, you know, I, or I would have left if I totally absolutely hated the place. I would have left a long time ago. Okay, but there's, I mean, at least in my case, there's always you know a part of me that w- wants to see the wants it to be or wanted past tense to see it grow into something 
that, you know, uh, more than it is and whether that's just because I'm dissatisfied with myself to begin with, I, I, I don't know. I'm, that's all I'm, I'm probably trying to figure that out in the whole, in the writing, you know, but a lot of, I've heard just everybody or uh, so many people that I've spoken to over the million last decades of living here is that uh, they can relate to that and they, they know what I'm talking about when I say these kind of things, you know, whether they agree or not, or whether they're more positive about the situation than I am, they can at least understand the frustration and the dissatisfaction on one half of me and then the positive, happy side on the other half, you know. And the way that the, the poems don't come about any differently than the columns in the newspaper do. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, the columns in the newspaper I write from a creative poetic viewpoint, you know, I mean, sometimes if, if the muse shows up and she's happy and productive, then the column is happy and productive. Okay. And other times the demons take over and the column is not very happy. Okay. You know, but it's just, it's how, I mean, I, that's how I work. I can't really, that's me, you know? And I think, you know, what you're describing there is, is almost this sense of kind of that, that literary subgenre, that, that noir, you know that yeah. sort of that sort of hard-boiled kind of darkness, but there's also that you know that that cutting truth right to that to that subgenre that style of writing. Uh, we talked a little bit about last time we met up in San Francisco for reading this idea of you know San Jose noir. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I you know ran with that idea a little bit. I'm kind of kicking around some things. Been reading a lot of detective fiction. Um, Earl uh, Briggs been reading that one the charlie chan series also been picking up some dashiell hammett the continental op dashiell know. hammett is one of the best oh I raymond mean, chandler also those, yeah those two are at the are basically at the top of all that stuff I mean, i've spent i've spent a couple days this summer in recycled bookstore just kind of combing through those shelves there you know and uh, and figuring out sort of how to approach you know this story that i want to write with the you know the setting being san jose and I think one of the advantages of San Jose is also, you know, what you mentioned too, it's kind of, you know, his weakness is just its geographical area. There's so many places so to go, you know, so many things, so many back alleys, so many just, you know, neighborhoods itself that um, it, I think, will yield a pretty, pretty good story. Um, have you, have you been writing any, anything recently, Gary, anything you got in the back burners here? Um, well, I have, um, kind of the first draft of an entire memoir that I wrote last year, which is no, I mean, it's totally first draft, not even, um, worth showing anybody. Um, I did show it to a few people to try and get feedback, but none of them actually read it. So I don't know, but, um, it's, uh, so that, that's what, that's more like I'm, it's part travel writing, part radical art history and me trying to overcome obstacles in life by, realizing that you know nothing in the past is ever squandered or wasted and you know that kind of thing and then i come to the realization that all the trouble i've caused is you know just been learning processes and you know and, but i can put it in the context of all these other radical artists troublemakers that have been through similar things and that's sort of the memoir it's um it's kind of like try i'm trying to shoehorn a few different books into the same book so that's generally the reason why i'm not able to pitch it effectively to agents yet you know but um we'll see what happens that's one book and then there's pieces of novels and short stories that i'm always kind of toying with but it's just hard to focus on stuff when i have to write do newspaper and magazine stuff to eke out of the rent money and stuff like that so 
we got to get you writing the San Jose Noir story then, I guess. You know, that's going to be the... Be a the lot next, of what I've written thing. in the newspaper already is San Jose Noir <laughs> stuff, you know. I mean, it's, there's been a zillion of those columns, you know, that are basically yeah. San Jose Noir, you know. I mean, it's, you know... Um, Fiction-wise, yeah, I think it would... Well, I mean, I wrote columns about 10 years ago saying that, well, if anything really is going to put San Jose on the map, it will take authors putting the streets of San Jose into their fiction, and then the entire world reads it, and then they want it, and then they know about San Jose. That's the kind of stuff that will... The politicians in Google are not going to put us on the map, you know. You know, It's going to take the artists who will do that. And we just recently had a art, local artist here get recognized nationally um, via... Tan to win. Yeah, I mean, he's right. from here. He probably yeah. is sick and tired of talking about it. He's probably sick and tired of talking about it by now, but I mean, he spent some of his childhood here. He grew up in, I think, junior high school, and then he went to Bellarmine, and then he split as soon as he got out of high school. So, um, I mean, we can claim him a lot more than he'll claim San Jose, you know, put yeah. it that way. I mean, yeah. he's probably sick of talking about it by now, but it's a it's. But we were, San Jose was a big part of his. You know, he was high school here, you know, and um, he has a lot to say about, you know, because he was a Vietnamese refugee. And there are so many of us non-Vietnamese people like us who grew up here and we always were around, you know, the Vietnamese community. But we had no idea the utter horrific trauma that they had gone through just to get here, you know, and whether they even wanted to come here or not, <laughs> you know, so um, and now. What's great about, this is a great thing about San Jose, is that the Vietnamese population is now something like 12% of the whole city, 120,000 people, and they're, they've finally found a, a, a substantial political voice, you know, and, and uh, you know, so they're all, they're, they're just as much of San Jose as anybody else is, you know, and there's some great poets and some great writers, and there's all great food, and they've, they've added a hell of a lot more to San Jose than, you know, a lot of people have. Absolutely, yeah. Little Saigon, I mean, is is a vibrant community. Yeah, well, that's just one street. Yeah, it's okay, just one street, first exactly. of all, you know. But I mean, just in general, you know, they've they've made it a hell of a lot more interesting place. You know. Well, than Gary, it was before. I mean, yeah, and I think still to come, San Jose is just going to keep getting more and more interesting as long as you've got the artists still doing their thing and wanting to stay. As here, long as people know? can afford to live here, you know, that's yeah. a whole other com uh, conversation. That you know, I don't think there's any solution i think it's a per it's a permanently expensive place to live so i don't know how much longer i can deal with it but we'll we'll see and that's a whole different podcast probably too yeah i gotta talk about uh unfortunately we're out of time for this episode of the plan where it's power off hour but i'd like to thank again gary singh for stopping by in the searing heat here of our garage not really serious no this is fine it's all right yeah it's okay um but thank you gary thank thanks you for, for having me and uh we'll see you next time on the plan words power half hour <laughs>